Vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix Karting. On this episode of Vinyl Analysis, I hook up with guitarist Trent Anderson and we talk about Dawkins' 1985 studio album, Under Lock and Key. That was where Lynch was really coming into his own. Everything on this album, I don't think any of the songs could have been better. A lot of melody, a lot of feel, um, and he just played his ass off. Vinyl Analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness. Along with me, like every episode, he is the Wild Mick Brown to my Jeff Pilsen, the one and only producer Greg Hansberry. Yo. Yo. Thank you. They're in Dawkin, so I just wanted to throw that out okay. early. Yeah. Early, 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 early. And he kind of looks like the uh, angry Don Dawkin, kids get off my yard. Oh my God, you do look. have a little, yeah, ah. Don's got this beard going now, and he is just, he is an angry bitch. Yeah, he's, he's cranky. Right. He's cranky. But Greg, thank you. Thank you for being you, and I'm just so glad okay. to have you a part of this team. Me too. And, and some of the things that you have planned uh, for uh, season three, and as we move on to season four, we had a discussion here, and I'm excited season for four. us. I'm excited for us. Are you it, a little it's bit? O- it's only uphill from here. Pretty much after those first couple yeah. seasons. I mean, yeah. My, and my heart will go on now. And that voice you hear right there, he was with us in, was he in season two or season one? I think season one. I think season one, because we skip, that's what we do. We oh. make sure that now the season two guys, a lot of them will join us in, in season four. But I, I got to believe this guy was a season one cat just because I love him so much. Guitarist Trent Anderson. Trent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. But Always Trent, good to be here. Trent, here's the deal. People are hearing your voice right now, and they're wondering. They're wondering. Oh, I think they know. Did, did he bring <laughs> the heavy metal encyclopedia Jason with him? The Tower of Power. <laughs> Jason, The man ahead. of the hour. Say hi, Jason. Hey, everybody. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> this cat, he's already been spitting the, the knowledge out. Yep. You... It all goes back to Jason, and he's and we're gonna check in here. He's brought a uh, some sort of uh, what you call that like a gift, like a gift basket, a little swag bag, uh, swag bag, right? Oh, I kind of <laughs> like, yeah, swag <laughs> bag is a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you this much, Trent Anderson. Yes. There is a new segment on this show, and we call it "What's on Your Table." <laughs> What's on your table? We're going to go ahead and start with you, producer Greg. What have you been jamming on lately, man? I, uh, I see that you brought some vinyl in. What do you, what do you got? I got some fresh wax here. All okay. right. Uh, we are recording this show. It won't drop until later, but today is Fat Tuesday. Okay. Yes. Mardi Gras. Yes. All right. What are you giving up? Casual sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> I've got right here 2012 Dr. John no. Lockdown, oh. produced by Dan Arbach of the Black Keys. 
Good call. This record is fucking fantastic. Oh my god, how could that not be? Uh, it's it's retro and funky. It's it, like it like it came out of the sixties, but it's contemporary. It's a it's a good listen. Dan plays a electric guitar on a couple of tracks. It's it's really fucking cool. So, Dan's amazing, and and Doctor John is absolute. Yep. I mean that he is legend, and and really one of my favorite things from uh, the band. I mean, you know the uh, the the, the, last the last waltz yeah, yeah. is is the stuff with Doctor John. That he's is so cool, Mac Rabinac. But uh, yeah, you know he's from New Orleans. I actually picked that up down there at uh, Peaches Record Store the one time I went down there. So Peaches, yeah, you've been oh. there. You I need a that, yeah. I need a headpiece like that. Look at that. Uh, you would be a cross between Jesus and George Clinton. Thank you, you very that, much. Well, that's 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 like two of my favorite people. That's that's what I do. That's <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, it's good. It's that's a good very listen. cool. Uh, Trent, what do you uh, what do you have on your table? What have you been listening to lately? Usually, when uh, and Trent will send me a text or something or give me a trivia question <laughs> if he if he hears something if, he, if he's been jamming on King Diamond he tries yeah. to stump me or yeah. what do you, what have you been jamming on lately? What's on your table, Trent Anderson? I have really been getting into the new Greg Howe. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. as a guitarist. Um, I, it's like a guitar lesson. So we're talking uh, guitarist for Yes, Asia, correct? Uh, Was he no. in Asia? Actually, Greg Howell. I'm thinking of Hackett. Yeah, uh, Steve Howe. Thinking of Steve Howe. Greg Howe was the tail end of the Shrapnel Records uh, with like Friedman and Jason Becker. And Holy shitballs. He All was right. one of the guys that when the Talk music scene fell out, mm -hmm. he picked up, um, he went on tour with, I think, I don't know if he started out with uh, Justin Timberlake or Michael Jackson, one of the two, he was their musical director. Wow. And he's really just kind of made a career out of doing that and doing a lot of session work. What would you compare his work to? Anything? I mean, anything that we would know? I mean, what what's... Uh, um, maybe the sound. a I mean, jazzier... Satriani. Okay, I've cool. been. I got the Fair new enough. Satriani with uh, Chad Smith and Glenn Hughes. Oh, Glenn Hughes. And it's got the it, dude. It's it's got some. It's got some funk, man. It's got it, some soul. Isn't it amazing what Glenn Hughes has been able to do over the years and and stay alive and and how, well, yes, that's thing <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but it's it's amazing the way he was able to kind of clean himself up oh, and, yeah. and just and be relative, relevant, relevant. Yeah, relevant. Well, his solo stuff. Yeah. Um, he had, uh, God, I think in the early, mid-2000s, he has a song, She Moves Ghostly. I don't know if you've heard that. <laughs> you stumped the encyclopedia? Yeah. Wow. Plus wow, one for Mr. Anderson. Everybody drink. Um, Everybody drink. It's, uh, mm. it, his solo stuff is just, it's it's smoking. Right I mean, on. Very I'm, funky. I'm checking it out. He's, yeah. he's got a track or a record with Victor Wooten. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It looks yeah. cool. The now the stuff Greg Howe did with Richie Kotzen, um, who was uh, he, the guy who got thrown off the poison tour yeah, bus. The tour bus. Well, that stuff is legendary. It's bullshit. Amazing. Okay. Like, uh, <laughs> well, and I tell you another one that I've really dug into. Um, kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say he's local, but Scotty Bratcher released one I think last year. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of Scotty's. <laughs> Dude, I've been playing for over thirty years, and when I go see him, it's like, like a, a Cincinnati free kid. Lesson. He's a Cincinnati guy, and I say kid because when when Scotty, and mm -hmm. this is the amazing thing, and if for those of you listening outside of of, of Ohio and stuff, check Scotty Bratcher out. Oh, he phenomenal is, talent. He is phenomenal, and this is a kid who used to play in the blues bars here in Columbus. 
but he had to be done by nine. He had yeah. to be. He was. I mean, this. He was a pup. I mean, a teenager. He was a kid. I mean, he was an. I mean, yeah. 13, 14, oh, yeah. 15 years old. He was. He's just an absolute phenom. Uh, does some stuff with Noah, who is um, Kenny Wayne Shepherd's yeah. uh, vocalist and stuff. And he's. I think he's doing some stuff with Nelson. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. he is their guitarist right now. I'd like to he, check that out, man. He is their guitarist yeah. right now. And but uh, yeah, check out Scotty Bratcher, folks, and and that's somebody we got to get on the show, and he's asked to come on, and I just you will not be disappointed. I haven't had a chance to really to work that out, but huge fan of Scotty Bratcher. Uh, check his music out. Now, what is on my table? You What's might ask. On your table, Iced Earth. No, it's not Iced Earth. Oh, this time. Have you heard the new one? What's that? Oh God, yeah, oh. Ravenwing, guys. Ravenwing. I mean, come oh. on, oh. dude. dude see, see. I love that see? album. Thank you. I throw that on when I'm get on the bike. I throw that on. It's like. Just from that beginning, that <laughs> symphonic thing. And I, thank you. I, like try, I try to the tell mouth. them. I try to tell oh. these folks every week. All right, what's on your table? I have got Rush moving uh, pictures. Nice. Great. Um, also, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, this week was the week back in 1981 that this album came out. Cool. Yeah. And uh, as uh, the older I get, uh, the more appreciative I am of Rush and and what they gave rock and roll i have a i have a one of my 10 year olds so i have twin boys mm-hmm. and one of them has started guitar lessons so on the way to guitar lessons we always we jam on rush oh yeah absolutely. we jam on rush and i explained to him he, i mean he's a he's he's the shy one the, this this son the other one has his dad's genes you know what i mean and just won't won't, won't be quiet. this <laughs> one is he's he's a shyer one but he's just he's such a sharp kid and i explained to him about Neil Peart or Peart, I'm sorry. Let's let's make sure we get that. I've been saying Peart for 40 years, <laughs> and then they changed that shit in the last. He doesn't know how to say Neil Peart. Yeah. So the thing is, and just his shyness, the song "Limelight" and the lyrics to oh, that, yeah. and what that means, and everything, and how you can you you can be you can be a rock star, buddy. You yeah, know, absolutely. you can be a rock cool. star and still kind of and kind of be laid back yeah. and and not have to, to be the showman and everything. But uh, this is just my first Rush record that I bought was Signals, which was a year after this. That yeah. was the first one I bought. But everybody and God's children knew oh, yeah. about moving pictures and the amazing stuff on this. I mean, yeah, we could talk about Tom Sawyer. You could do the Red Barchetta, uh, the YYZ. See what I did there? Don't <laughs> come at me with the period, because I'm coming at I you with the you, Z. Uh, Vital Sign. Vital Sign is, uh, Vital Signs is, my, is one of my all-time favorite Rush songs. It's definitely my favorite song off of this one. It was when uh, Neil was going through a real heavy... Uh, police influence. He was into the police and stuff like that. So you can kind of hear that in this. But I'm just, I've been spending a ton of rush. And this is the newer vinyl. I wanted to make sure I got moving pictures uh, in in one of the newer styles. You know what I mean? With the different grams and all that good shit. So hearing it it the way it was uh, intended. intended. It's just, it's a Love me some rush, and anyway, so we that's, finish each other's sentences. I'm telling you, we do, don't we? Uncanny. What? What uh, are you now? And I'll say this: and as far as uh, big lifetime moments, as far as rock and roll for me, when I first heard Limelight and hearing Alex's tone live, oh yeah, and and just like, oh my God, I'm 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 blown away by Lifeson's just yeah. his tone and just the sound that he was able his uh, to create. Yeah, Dude, he had the biggest just. I know, right? We I make so much. We make so much out of out of Getty's bass playing, and and of course Neil is the greatest rock and roll drummer to ever. Underrated ever, guitar uh, player for sure. Yeah, yeah man. Very but underrated. Alex, but yeah, Alex, man. Yeah, man, come on, kids. 
All right. Now for the good stuff. Right people. on, man. Right on. Dawkins' 1985 studio album, Under Lock and Key. <laughs> Love this album. That is what we're focusing on uh, here today on Vinyl Analysis with guitarist Trent Anderson. He brought the uh, heavy metal encyclopedia Jason with him. And let me say this. We did Back for the Attack with Rick Soga. Oh, great album. It is a great record. Yeah. These will be the two Dawkins records we do. I probably won't do... The the you know tooth and nail and I'm I'm not gonna do those I, and did I know you, did I know you see he the brought, eyebrows I saw I saw, brought, I saw did you see the eyebrows I saw where the encyclopedia brought them and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. but I I want to say and, and I think Jason will agree with this I mean as good as those early records were and and Trent I want to get your opening thoughts as well there was such a difference sonically sonically it blew my mind and and I had those those first couple records yeah. and I, I mean I loved them to death. But when I heard Under Lock and Key yeah. that first time, yeah. I was like, they have taken it to another level. They have taken that sound to another level. Michael Talk Wagner. About it. It's Wagner. Michael Wagner. Because he was... Well, well, um, no, but, but didn't Ludwig help with this as well? I mean, and I want to say he was a guy, and, and that's a thing. And I, you know what? Here it is. And, and, and this isn't the first time we've brought up uh, Bob Ludwig. They, he's the one that mastered this, mm. and he's a guy that worked with Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done some amazing stuff, um, and, and it just the sound is different. The sound is different. Go ahead, Trent. I'm sorry, I interrupted. But well, talk I about think... the first time you heard this, and then comparing this to the previous couple records from from Dokken. The first time I heard that, I was 15, and there was uh, one of my neighbors. He was kind of a nerdy metal kid like myself, right, and. We would go down and, you know, rail against the man listening to Black Sabbath and, you know, just be angry. And he popped that in and I lost my friggin' mind. And I, you know, I don't know. And it, to this day, I've, I've taught guitar for over 20 years. My last stint has been 10 years. I will always bring that album. Under Lock and Key I, I, is one of my I, I, favorite just, records. Yeah, it, it is my favorite Dokken album. It, it is, without I, a doubt. I, I, without a doubt. Dude, I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's the tone on that album. I don't know if it's the feel of that album. I don't know if it's the fact that if you flip that over, what does the Dokken logo in the middle look like? A key. See what they did there? Yeah. See what they did See there? See what they did there? They're sneaky. That's clever. As, as awesome oh. as George Lynch... Was and and his stories are legendary with the with the tryouts with Ozzy and 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 all this other stuff and and the first couple records, it, <laughs> you get it, to see the box, dude. It just <laughs> the aggressiveness and the style that he oh. plays with. This is another level of guitar, and you can say what you yeah, want I, I, I totally about agree. guys from the era, but don't talk shit about George Lynch no. because George Lynch game changer is absolutely one of the best. And you and I, we we our last show we talked about Jakey Lee yeah. and how underrated he is. I don't think people appreciate George Lynch no. the way they should. The first track, Unchain the Night, and I think that's when Dokken was at its best, and, and they were able to do it, um, I thought, with um, Tooth and Nail as well. The ethereal. They, they had, there was this vibe that they were able... Unchain the Night could have been on, on Tooth and Nail, but it was just... The way they... Cha- it was different. It was different. You could tell they had grown up. There was some. There was there was a growing up there, and it, the sound was totally different than what was going on in Tooth and Nail. But it was docking. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. But they were able to kind of elevate themselves and keep their sound. Yeah. Is what that I'm jiving at. I think for me, 
that was my first introduction because I remember when uh, Out of the Cellar came out by uh, Rat, Rat. Um, Warren D. Martini. There's another guy oh, we need to discuss, right? Dude. But let's—I'll I'll keep you on track. I apologize. Show. I apologize. Um, everything about that—the the the guitar sound was—you know—we all had crappy the Gorilla or Crate amps. Right. We would buy every distortion pedal <laughs> known to man, right. chain them all together, and try to hope that you could capture some of that dock in I don't magic. And I, just the the stuff he does there, like there's a run in um I think it's uh I, maybe it's Unchained the Night. I don't remember what song it is, but he his phrasing, he takes just a real basic pentatonic blues lick. You've heard Frampton do it. You've heard Clapton do it. And he just, he kind of mixes it up and it just brings like, whoa. And when he did a video um, back in the early nineties and he was showing the, uh, how he played it. I was like, well, of course that's, of course that's how he did it. But his, but his pick movement, his, his, his his hand, it's, it's just. It, you know, you, you talk about Eddie Van Halen, which is a guy that everyone's going to talk about from that era. You talk about some of the bigger names, but the art of shredding. It was it was Lynch. It was Lynch, For me, man. It was always it Lynch. It was Lynch. And, and, and I know the encyclopedia, the heavy metal encyclopedia, uh, Jason. Jason, go ahead and say what you oh, want. Yeah. And, I, and I also want to know, Jason, I mean, because I, I know you're a tooth and nail guy, and I got buddies that are the same way that would rather go back to the earlier Dawkins sound. But but talk about this. This record... And, and that transition that Dawkins made, I mean, that's undeniable. But go ahead and get up on that mic, brother, and tell us about it. What do you talk to us, Goose? Absolutely. It, it is the fact that, you know, Dawkins clearly showed a growth from breaking the chains to tooth and nail to unchain the night. Total growth. You know, I, as you said, I'm more a tooth and nail guy. I feel you. A little darker, I feel a little you. heavier. Unchain, uh, under lock and key, turned them into a little more commercial. I yeah. think they took a little too far of a step to the right with the commercial sound production definitely improved and i think back for the attack after that was the combination of those first three records yeah, i agree balance. Yeah, i agree and i'm glad you said that i'm glad i'm glad you said that jason because back for the attack was you're you're right this this was a more of a corporate sound it, 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 it was it, yeah, I, I, I get absolutely. that and i totally get that back for the attack and that's why i kind of this back for the attack was kind of let's go back to rush was kind of their permanent waves was where the, it was like, and, and Neil always says that, that's when we became Rush. Yes. That's when, you know, and, and really, unfortunately for Dokken, there wasn't much after that, but the sound was perfected at that oh, point hand, where hand they're sound. able, and back for the attack, fans like you and me, Trent, were yes, happy. Yeah. And then you got the, the guys who, who love the tooth and nail sound. Yeah. They were happy as well Precisely. with back for the attack. And that was the beauty of Dokken. They were able to just, they were so damn talented. And while we're talking about it, and we and we brought up Van Halen, we brought up how much it hurt uh, the way they trust, you know, way they, the way they treated Michael Anthony, Jeff Pilson. You want to talk about a bassist that adds harmonies uh, vocally? Mm-hmm. Jeff Pilson of Dawkins, Mick Brown, is, and and Mick Brown too. Uh, brings Mick it, Brown too. They're able to help that sound with their backing vocals. Yes, so uh, heavy metal encyclopedia. The other thing I want to throw in is we talked about Eddie Van Halen is the fact that. Take it for what it is, but Mark Kendall, the guitar player from Great White, mm-hmm. who was growing up on the same scene as Eddie, as George Lynch, Mark claims 
that it was actually George that perfected the tapping techniques, Eddie got the recognition for it. I believe it. Think of that. I believe it. What do you think of that? What do you think of that, Greg Hansberry? I believe now, it. See? I'm because going to bring Jason you said it. That's you why, why, why I believe it. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, why wouldn't you believe I'm going it? to bring you a little history of Trent Anderson. Okay. So back in what was it, ninety five? Ninety four, ninety five, we played with uh Dawkin at the Newport when I was in Tamerlane. Okay. Ninety four? I yeah, I okay. think it was on their race the slate. Oh, right on. And I um uh, dysfunctional. I, yeah, I, that was oh, that was right when they got back. back. That was yeah. right I when they got back together. Corrected. Dysfunctional. Yeah. So well, that's why I forget got him. I forget how many shows into the tour they were to hide the bodies. But they wouldn't. Oh, dude, there's. <laughs> I know. I know. I know the story. <laughs> it's great. That's why. Yeah. So Lynch and Don Dawkin were obviously not speaking to one another. They were. I, I, the tour had only been going on for not wow. long at all. Wow. Old wounds resurfaced. Wow. When I met George Lynch. I walked up. I'm like, uh, "I'm hi, Mr. Lynch. You oh, okay? I gotta go. I couldn't talk, dude. I I couldn't talk. Wow. Like for me, meeting him was like it. It might as well have been BB King for some guys. Or <laughs> and, 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 no, you know, I feel you, man. You know, and and to think, you know, as a as a 15 year old kid, where I'm air guitaring every lick on that album. Back for the Attack came out, and I lost my mind because that was the total, you know, the songs seemed like they had more, uh, maybe they were a little longer, they were a little more structured, more key changes. When I met George Lynch, I couldn't speak. This is like, I love when we have our guests in, uh, when we have the musicians in. You love and, me the most, though. Well, oh, absolutely. How could you Absol not? Um, come on, Trent, please. Yeah, how could you not? I, I, I love, and Greg, back me up on this. When they tell the stories about meeting their heroes. It's cool. It's oh, cool. Dude, there's there's it was... different ones. I mean, there's ones where, like you said, where you get tongue-tied and you're like, and you, and you just got to remove yourself. There's ones like Chuck Oney from, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a couple shows ago where where Chuck was was talking about meeting Donnie from Enough's Enough and was working with him and was like, Chuck, somebody, somebody, with somebody yeah, save me. Yeah. Somebody, you yeah. don't you don't want to meet your heroes when it comes to stuff like that. But I love hearing stories like I, that I, when, you, dude, when you run I, into these people. I could meet. Any number of presidents. Oh. Like, hey, brother, how you doing? Right. I could meet any of the, you know, the greatest minds of, of our generation. Like, hey, brother, how you doing? I met George Lynch. I wanted to pee my Oh, no. Dude, I, I, I <laughs> sat awesome. on, a, on an L-shaped couch with, with Paul McCartney oh. and didn't sweat it. I walk into an Arby's in Lima, Ohio, and I see Eddie Trunk and I about shit my pants. Yes, <laughs> I mean it's it's just, it's you don't you never know. Hey, yeah, when when they're you when you that's when you know they, yeah, those they, are your those they've are your, affected you. They've affected you, and and dude and George Lynch I'm, to this day, <laughs> you know, I his I I point to him for you know phrasing. He uses you know uh, some exotic scales. He uses. He's got this thing now where he puts some different effects on his slot on his on his solos. He plays with his fingers more now, and just the stuff he does, I'm like, it, they're always challenging themselves. Oh, the best, and, and, aren't but they? they? They sound great. Like when I challenge myself, I sound like a two year old on crack. <laughs> right when he when he challenges himself, it's art. Oh, it's I, amazing. I'm going to throw these extra eighteen notes in this run and see if anybody catches it. It's, it's, it's crazy. Vinyl analysis is fueled by Grand Prix Karting. I want to give a shout out to Chris Bowen and the gang over at Grand Prix Karting. Uh, this week, in this episode, I want to focus on the karting. Okay, last time I talked about modern laser warfare. 
But let's talk about the carding. All right, you okay. got to get in the action. Largest facility in the Midwest. Been there. You've got the longest indoor karting track in the nation. 35 miles per hour and up for 16 plus. Oh, it's awesome. And then you got the 20 Jason's mile an hour. Yeah, J- oh, you both have been excited. Okay, about hold it. on. And then the 20 mile an hour plus for the 8 to 15 year olds. You've got live timing, scoring for karting. It includes a printed version, digital email, and a smartphone app. Racing carts, everyone. Racing carts. That sounds Not tight. family fun carts like Magic Mountain. No, they're racing out go. carts. It's awesome. Yeah. You're fans, right? I, a huge fan. Well, I've been I've been promising Chris, and I got we're going to try and get Chris on the show here uh, before the end of season three, and and I've been promising about uh, promising them that I'm going to get my boys out there to to experience it. And boys, and your boys, no, my too. kids, my kids, yeah, not my boys, like, well, like my, family, like my son. I think all of us. Wouldn't go. that be great? I will behave myself. <laughs> we should have like a vinyl analysis there reunion you go. there. They'll be and like, get all the people that have been on the show. Space Dust IPAs going. <laughs> Dad, that um, that that Trent, he's so cool. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want to race with him more. That's what they'd say. That's what they'd say. Uh, and my one son Tommy, he uh, the three chords that he learned, and we practiced this week. It was uh, it was G. E minor and E. Those were the three. That's and I said, dude, you, need. You, can you, form, you, can, uh, you can form the Ramones now, bro. Yeah, you totally <laughs> you can do this, you right? You can play any ACDC song written. And we've got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some truth to that. Yeah, a lot of truth. There's some truth to that. Outfits, uh, right. uh, guitarist Trent Anderson with us. Also, he brought his uh, right-hand man, heavy metal encyclopedia, uh, Jason. Now, Jason, what all did you bring here? What did you bring? Because I, So you actually brought the... Uh, I brought a whole stash of... Uh, Goodies. It kind of encompasses. Get that mic up by him, Trent. Let's just kind of see what we were talking about. Tell us what you brought with with George Lynch, (laughs) and he's one of the guys I just see as a true artist. Mm -hmm. So many guys you see, they record six, eight, ten albums, and that's their whole career. Not him. George is putting stuff out right and left, good, bad, or otherwise. Okay. And it's kind of a mix of stuff. All right. What do you got? But let's start off with the the real gem. Here is back in nineteen. 80, 79 actually, and 81, Dokken was just getting underway. Talking right there. Yeah. As they got underway, some different people in the band than what everybody remembers Dokken as. Who who were they, Arch? Who were they? Well, who was in Dokken beforehand? Was it, uh, was Juan from uh, Rat in there? You're bringing the heat, buddy. Okay. And then, uh, see, dude, this is great. This is, I've met my match. No, 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 no. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking. And you had the original drummer. For Great White, was in the band as well. Yeah, and Juan Crochet and from Rat, yeah, and Don Dockin, and this was prior to George Lynch joining, and then George came on board, and so here's my six degrees of kiss for the day. Oh my God, here it comes. Got to get a kiss. So it always goes back. We've to got it. to uh-huh. Dockin. You've got George Lynch. George Lynch played in a band called Exciter before Dockin, and before that he had a band called The Boys. Now here comes the forty-year question. Okay. For Van Halen, the boys scheduled a showcase show in 1977 in L.A. Okay. Their opening act, a band called Van Halen. Wow. Who came to see Van Halen at that show? On that show, would that be the one and only Gene Simmons? Bingo. Hot damn. And Gene was so impressed with Van Halen, he left and never saw the boys play with George Lynch. Because he went out and immediately tried to sign Van Halen to his new move. There, that's kind of a dick move. Kind of a total dick move. 
Oh my God! Don't you love the people? I swear to God, the people are gonna be—they're gonna call for Trent and Jason. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna every season. Yeah. It's gonna have to yeah. happen. Let's have a call in where people can live call in and ask, try to stump them, ask questions, yeah. stump the encyclopedia, yeah. man. That's good stuff. I well, stand me, in okay, all of this. Pick man. one more, one more story out of this. One so, more story so one, out of your out of your box. One more story here. Hey, uh, we talk about. <laughs> it's got to be a better way for me to phrase that. Different Jason, stuff but, that uh, George does. Okay. Being called Lana Lane from the '90s. Okay. And. A lot of cover songs with a female singer, but the rhythm section for this album, Vinnie PC on drums. Oh, yeah. Tony Franklin on bass. Right. George Lynch on guitar. And Kelly Keeling, who sang for? Uh, Kelly Keeling. Um, I... Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. And now he sings for? Talk to me. Foreigner. Okay. Oh, you're, ta- oh, you're no, talking. Oh, you're talking. That's Kelly Hansen that's from Hansen. Hurricane. Oh, yeah. Kelly Jesus, Keeling you guys also are... sang for uh, MSG for a period. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Michael Shanker Group. So completely from right field with this, but still George and just see. But that's good. I like the... when we make mistakes and we, we're talking it out because this this is the beauty of what we do here on Vinyl Analysis. I just love talking shop and look at his. We'll get a picture of this uh, gift. Yeah, basket. yeah. You got to got to take a picture it's of like the a gift basket. basket here. Of rock and and, and, and really, f- Lynch Pilsen. And and speaking of Jeff Pilsen, and speaking of Foreigner, oh, yeah, I mean Jeff Pilsen. Okay. Jeff Pilsen has been in Foreigner, and and you know so you got Mick Brown who's been touring with uh, with Nuge over the last fifteen years or so. Now he's he's doing he's not he's not with Ted anymore, but uh, the the guys in Dawkins very very talented, and you knew that they would fall on their feet even if George Lynch and Don Dawkins couldn't get their you know couldn't get along. Yeah. That those guys were gonna they were that damn good. And I love the Lynch Pilsen. And I tell you what, I like what George Lynch and Michael Sweet have done. I've oh, heard a yeah. couple tracks Lynch, yeah. off of that, Sweet Lynch, and I and I think that is really, really cool. The first the first few uh Lynch Mob albums. I mean oh, my God. I mean just amazing stuff. Have you heard KXM? Uh I have not. Uh, with Doug Pennick, with Pen- and yeah, Rose with Pennick and them right on. Oh, it's good stuff. And I love King's X. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, no, I'm I'm down there. But uh, oh, this is good stuff. The encyclopedia, the heavy metal encyclopedia, Jason, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Jason. Anytime. We got, we will have to get a a picture of that as we uh, run through Trent Anderson. Bring it. Uh, some songs. Obviously, if if you if you've listened to our show, you know that uh, you can uh, use the Spotify playlist. It is a nice accompaniment to vinyl analysis episodes. You just search for Archie. Vinyl analysis and accoutrement. It will. is. It is songs that we can throw. Yeah, on. Let's just start right it. from the beginning. We also okay. have that Spotify playlist at qfm96.com. Oh, cool! Yeah. Right on, Greg. Thank you, brother. It's my job. Now, no, fair enough. And uh, two singles charted off of this album: uh, "The Hunter" and "In My Dreams," uh, both reaching number twenty-five and twenty-four on Billboard's mainstream rock, respectively. Now, with "In My Dreams" actually hitting number seventy-seven on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. Under Lock and Key was certified gold on March 4th of 1986, and not too long after that, uh, platinum on April 14th, 1987. And I actually have one of the gold records that was distributed to QFM 96, the station I worked at and have worked at uh, for over 20 years. But I have our our gold docking under Lock and Key. That's cool. Yeah, it was one of those deals where uh, my program director, I got the evening job. I went from... uh, Overnights to evenings, and he said, "Look, here's the deal, Arch. We just we're, we made this move kind of quick. We don't have a a bonus structure for you right now. We will get you a bonus structure. You know, if you hit your goals and you you know you get you know number one, top three in the demo they want you, or this that and other thing. 
And I said, if I can get number one in my demo within the next year, I want that docking under lock and key gold record. And it's a tape too. So you got the album oh, and then you got the tape. The and it's show, you know, five hundred thousand copies uh to, to WLVQ Columbus. And I said, I want that. So I when I when I when I hit number one in the evenings, then I was able to uh, take that off of my program director's wall. Yeah. And it has gone to every house. And and the wife is like, Are you going to hang that up? Whenever we move. Like the first thing I put up is my under lock and key gold record. So I you're gonna not. Say it'll never change. It That'll never change. But I'm yes. glad you got you reached number one. You are so ahead. so so here we go. Let's run through it here. Unchain the night. That is something that absolutely has to be on this. Oh, totally. Uh, like I said, the ethereal sound. This is this is one of those ones. It's just uh, as far as opening songs go, Trent. This is this Brings is one heat. of the best. It's yeah, absolutely, absolutely one of the best. The Hunter. Ugh. Come on, man. Now yeah. this is one of the singles. And an absolute George Lynch groove. Yeah, uh, they, yes. Well, and I think, again, a lot of the stuff he did, um, I, I think that was where Lynch was really coming into his own. And the one thing about his playing, for me, is he's he's just fluid. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. And, and True dad. And he can yes. throw, he throws his, you know, like I said, he uses exotic scales. But his feel, I mean, everything on this album is, I, I don't think you could have played a better, I don't think any of the songs could have been better. Right, and and, and we said, as far as the shredding goes, I mean, but melodic oh, shredding. Oh, totally melodic. Not just, you know, yeah. wanking it. Yeah, I mean, a it lot was, of... It um, was, it was, there was a purpose, and it was, it was a good, a good feel to each one of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of melody, a lot of feel... Um, and he just played his ass off. He sure did. In my dreams, a song that I still get to play on on radio today, like when when uh, when we do a uh, either a request show or a some sort of specialty programming. You know, on my uh, Friday uh, Drive at Five program, my Joe Show Drive at Five that I have uh, honoring one of our our, our our DJs here at QFM. I'm able to kind of kind of get off the playlist a little mm-hmm. bit, but play songs that were played Absolutely. on AOR on Active uh, Oriented Rock. Uh, in my dreams is one of those, and, and and in my dreams, I'm going to say for me in the era, top three solo, top three solo, uh, yeah. I, I, a sweet yeah. child. For me, this is just my preference. And when I say big bold statements like this on the show, yeah. I know people are like, well, you know, shit, Arch. No, yeah. that's not the, you know, no. These are just what this is just what I feel. Absolutely, uh, a sweet child of mine is on there in the top three, and and in my dreams is in there as well. I just I think. For that time period and and what the kind of music we were listening to, oh yeah, this this genre, this that was one of the all time great solos. And I I think a lot of with everything on this album because I I dug it back out today. The mix is clear. There's nothing that's overpowering. And if you're listening to it in your car and you got a little bit of bass turned up, it just it it thumps. It feels it, good. It sounds. It good. does feel good. I don't want to gloss over slipping away, but I know the next song has to be one of your oh, favorites. When man. I when I when I, when we scheduled this, I said I know for a fact in my heart, not that we've discussed it, but Lightning Strikes Again has to be one of Trent Anderson's. The hair favorite on my songs. arm still stands up when I hear the solo. That is one of the most, and out of all the songs on this album, guitar wise, so aggressive, boys. reckless, abandoned. so aggressive oh, on this God. one, yeah. and live there was nothing better. Then lightning strikes live. Yeah, and, Nothing and, better. And even the the rhythm part. Yeah. Have you ever no watched shit. him play oh, that? Oh, dude, dude, it's sick. I'm like, how it's do you sick. do that? That's crazy. 
and I'm trying to think, and I don't know if it was in Philadelphia. There is, a, it mm-hmm. was, a, it was off of this tour, but there is a show you can you can watch it on YouTube, gang. It's the entire concert. It's fin- fantastic. It was right before. I want to say it was right before Back for the Attack. So they were in support of this, and I want to say they might have even been open up for Aerosmith or something along those lines. Uh, they, I, I don't, 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 don't they, quote me on that or anything like that. But it's just the whole the the vibe of it, and I just want to say that that's the way it kind of played out. But they do lightning strikes again, and it is just flat out amazing. Great live, great live, incredible. Starts the second side. It's not love, which also had a video, one of my all-time favorite videos, when they're on the flatbed of the truck. Uh, Man, KNAC day. Who the hell? uh, Name your hometown, your small town, Uh, uh, Sunbury, Ohio. There you go, Marietta, Ohio. I always picture them coming down Pike Street, yeah, docking, and we're all hanging out. At the Conan Shake or at the Burger King, and holy shit, there goes Doc yeah. on a flatbed truck jamming out to It's Not he Love. Had the, the, we all dreamt of that. The didn't amps we? were strapped down. It was, and, and like just all the cops, they were just, you know, it was awesome. Find a nice, quiet place tonight, Greg Hansberry. Yes. And watch It's Not Love, the video. They're uh-huh. on the Sunset Strip, it. and it is one of the coolest yeah. things ever. Ever one of the coolest videos ever, and really didn't really sell the song the way it should have. I will but admit it, it though the video, the video for the hunter when Pilsen comes out of the crate. Ah, it was a little like, yeah. well, come on, man. They had some. That's they didn't really like. They're not uh, known for their videos. Hey, let's uh, let's not point fingers at Heaven Sent uh, either. You I did. I, mean? I think that's a cool video. So did you like that? Oh, one? I love that video, man. You I'll like Dungeons and Dragons a, too. YouTube I'm kind of nerdy. Up uh, at QFM 96 also. Oh, you got to put it's yeah, not yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, it's got to go on. Epic, right. epic. It has to. And 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 really, so there was a song that they had a video for on on the second half of that album, Trent. Mm-hmm. But the other songs on here are still kicking ass. Oh yeah. Uh, Jaded Heart is a, is a, is a good track. I don't want to downplay that. If you have an emotion or a kind of a connection to it, I don't want to over. It's okay. Don't lie to me is and, one of my favorite songs. Uh, it, the, the harmony one guitars. Of, thank you. Yeah. What a hook. Yeah. That, what a uh, hook. It's kind of reminiscent of who? Boston. Uh, a very, it's a. Oh my god. <laughs> I just brought a full circle, brother. What the hell did he just do yeah. there with the Tom Scholz talk? Yeah. That is a. That is a great call. Yeah. That is very Boston. Almost like third stage Boston. Yeah. Which is overproduced yes. and don't bring Jason back into the competition yeah. here. <laughs> we don't need him getting up on our grill and, and saying that tooth and nails better. But yes. Yeah. You, you know what I mean though. Yeah. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. Don't lie to me. Needs to be on the list. Uh, Will the Sunrise, another uh, cool track. Another, and, and these are all listenable songs. It's one, it, as, I guess my point is, to start off with It's Not Love, a song that people would know, mm-hmm. and to have four other tracks after that, you might get kind of tired of it and flip the needle up and walk away. You don't do that on this second side. Especially. When you know till the living end. Oh, dude. Thank you. And the coolest- oh, oh, there, oh, that's that must be the heavy metal encyclopedia, Jason's favorite that, song. That's horns up that till is- the living end. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, but the cool thing, like, even, you know, I, I remember 18, 19 years old, I'm with my mamma and papa. I'm at their house. Yeah. And I would listen to this. At, we like, called ours mamma and papa yeah, too, Yeah, I'd listen till at 2.30 in the morning. And I would listen to till the living end. And at the end, when the he unplugs the cord, it's like he's kind of playing with the cord going in and out of the amp, and it's buzzing. Right on. I was like, oh, now it's bedtime. George just told me it's time for bed. Did you fall asleep listening to music? I did. I did. Did I fall asleep with my guitar on my, in and my I hand? Would, it, it, sometimes I would try it with vinyl. It had to be something I really, really liked. Yeah. 
Uh, but a lot of times I would make a mixtape. Totally got and, and then And then just put my big giant headphones on and I'd wake up and like the headphones would be over my face. <laughs> and you'd wake, you know, you're like, what? And it's, you know, you're like, oh, what's up? And they're, they're wet because you drooled all over them because oh. your headgear and your braces. What do you mean, did? I did. still do. He still yeah. does it. Yeah. He still does it. The yeah. encyclopedia. Are you Mixed kidding me? Tapes. Trent Anderson. I, I can't even. I can't I, even, man. Thank you. It just, it flows by. The heavy metal encyclopedia, Jason. Brother, you just you you obviously are a uh, if uh, you are a fan favorite on uh, vinyl analysis. Let me just <laughs> let me just let me just say that and, he uh, is the precious Paul Ellering in my Road Warrior <laughs> Animal and Hawk. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, that's what we do, buddy. Trent, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you uh, thank so you much. For having me. And for producer Greg Hansberry, I am Arch Madness, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Stay frosty. <laughs> God damn it, Jason. You're the best, bro.